Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is brought to you by Shootaway, offering products like 12K series guns, proven time and again by the nation's top schools and college coaches programs. For special pricing and discounts, contact Bruce Help at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps can improve performance for you. Few Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 basketball facts. D1 basketball camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 team camps have hosted more high school sectional championship teams, final four teams, and Indiana All-Stars any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 team camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in its top-tier competition from In this edition of the Chucking It from the Cheap Seats podcast, in only their first year in Division I basketball, they were one of the best stories in the entire country. The Bellarmine Knights were champions of the Atlantic Sun Conference. And controversially, they were left out of the NCAA tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, one of the best coaches in college basketball in the United States. Today we welcome head coach of the Bellarmine Knights, Coach Scott Davenport. All right, so today on Checking It From the Cheap Seats, we are joined by the head coach at Bellarmine, Scott Davenport. Coach Davenport, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And uh, I know you got practice this afternoon, so again, thank you so much for, for giving us your time. Well, Coach, thank you. I, and you're, uh, I'm already well connected because I live my life in the cheap seats. <laughs> yeah, i tell you what um, – being a lifelong guy, uh, as far as uh, being in this coaching profession and making a life out of it, I've got a lot of respect for you. And we're going to talk more about how you are a Louisville native, uh, and you've spent almost your entire coaching career in Louisville. Um, but but talk a little bit about um, you know growing up there in Louisville and and how that's been a, a neat process for you to to now see your career come to fruition in that town. Well. To start, and I want this to be totally understood, I would not trade the way I grew up um, with anybody. Mm-hmm. And it was not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, both my parents were from rural Greene County, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And my father was a military, World War II, worked as a blue-collar laborer. My mother best we can tell in a sixth grade education and the reason we're a little vague because it was a one-room schoolhouse Mm -hmm. 
it was grades one through six, you could have been in any grade. Yeah. But Halloween day, one fifteen, when I'm nine years old, my father passes away 15 feet from me with a massive heart attack. Oh, my. And that moment, you, you think about it when you're nine, Halloween day is a heck of a day. Mm-hmm. On a Sunday. Yeah. But obviously, my life changed. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, with this sixth grade education, ran her own successful business for 43 years. Oh, wow. And I've got players and I've had players mm-hmm. that are getting the advantage of a Bellarmine University, you know, education. Yes. So obviously, I value that. Mm-hmm. Now, the turn in my life. That, that occurred teachers coaches counselors assistant principals principals athletic directors and I always give a reference point that I made the ninth grade basketball team as an eighth grader which that was a big thing mm-hmm. there's only two of us on the team mm-hmm. well on the day of the game you had to wear a tie yeah but the only tie that I had you know, your students are too young to, to identify. Maybe they can look this up. Was a clip-on tie, and the only reason I had that. Again, I lived in a blue-collar neighborhood that, that was just as pure as could be. Mm-hmm. And I had a clip-on tie that I had used for my dad's shoe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you, you know, if you're going to wear a tie the day of the game, a clip-on wouldn't be cool. <laughs> no. So... My mother goes and buys two packs. Uh huh. The local department store. Now, what's my dilemma now? You got to learn how to tie it. That's right. And my mother from Little Green County, Kentucky, did not know how to tie a tie. Yeah. She comes from a family of 11. Mm-hmm. Her brothers are all military. Her husband's military. They were all farmers. So I would sneak into school early mm-hmm. because of my personal pride. Yeah. My coping. Learning wool would tie my tie. Mm-hmm. Well, the next step, he taught me how to tie my tie. Yeah. And there's not been a day in my life mm-hmm. in any event, championship basketball games, weddings, funerals, you name it, that I put a tie on tied it, that I have not been thankful of Brother Walt. But that was just the start because I think what, what has hit home with me now mm-hmm. in my life is I I embrace people that wanted to help me. And I refer back to teachers, Mm -hmm. neighbors, coaches. I embrace that. Yeah. And that's why I value, you know, when I went to college, truth be known, I was going to major in pharmacy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think at the University of Louisville in the Natural Science Building, room 101 with the big lecture hall, there's a, a seat with a plaque, and my name's on it, that says, here's that the worst chemistry student in the history of the university. <laughs> uh-huh. And I said, who do you get? You're going to be a basketball coach and a teacher. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting for your students. Yeah. When I made that eighth grade basketball team, I called notebook, the old-time spiral notebook. Mm-hmm. And I kept a journal. Every single day, what we did practice. Mm-hmm. I made comments about teammates, the coach, myself, mm-hmm. and I wrote it and I kept it 
eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, two years in college. Mm-hmm. So I kid myself that you're going to be a, a teacher and a basketball coach. So where I grew up, and where I grew up now, and and just to give you a reference point, Churchill Downs, mm-hmm. an iconic sports venue in in all the world. Yeah, the biggest horse race in the world is there. It is on Central Avenue. I grew up on Central Avenue. Okay. So it gives you a reference. It gives every, would, gives everybody a reference of where you grew up at. Yeah. Now, what I want people to understand, it's been a very emotional time in the last two years. Mm-hmm. I've attended seven visitations of, of individuals who were two years older than me mm-hmm. or two years younger than me in mm-hmm. that span. Yeah. And, and these were, were guys, all men, that I grew up with, played basketball with, played the park with, played little league with, you name mm-hmm. Well, some of them, to be very transparent, grew up very, very hard, and they did not make great decisions. Yeah. And if I, as I've paid my respect in these last few years, I'm like, how fortunate I am. Why me? Well, the game of basketball and, and education was bigger than me, mm-hmm. but being a part of it, I never wanted to risk losing that. Yeah, I could have made the same decisions they made, but basketball and school meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to mess that up, and I, that goes to a credit of the way I was raised mm-hmm. uh, in terms of my advice. But I've been very, very fortunate. I, I talk often that. I've never had a job in my life. My mother passed away 13 years ago. And she said, you know, if you really work hard, you, you might get a real job, make something. <laughs> well, I've had, you know, a job by definition would be a vocation. Mm-hmm. And I've had an advocation and the advocation has been those young people that I've taught and coached. Mm-hmm. I have been their advocate just as, those teachers and coaches and those other people were my advocates. Mm-hmm. So I've never looked at it as a vocation like a job. Mm-hmm. It's been an advocation, and I'm thankful every minute of every day. Absolutely. So, Coach, you're, you, you graduate from the University of Louisville, correct? I did. Okay. Two degrees and 39 hours over my master's, yes. All right. So you graduate from the University of Louisville, your first coaching job, I know you were a high school coach at Ballard. Was was that where you took your first coaching job? No, sir. That was my second job. My first job was at a school located on First Mile in downtown Louisville mm-hmm. called Aaron High School. Okay. A-H-R-E-N-S-N-S-E. In the middle of the basketball season, year two, I'm the JV coach. The Board of Education voted to close the school. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, back then you had to collect uniforms. We didn't have to collect anything. School was closed. <laughs> it's done. And, and, and Coach, I, I, I want to convey this. I wouldn't trade those two years for anything. But this reason, it was the most segregated school, mm-hmm. in my knowledge, ever. Mm-hmm. Not based on race. It was segregated economically. Economically, no one in yeah. the school. No one in the school. Caucasian, African American, no one had anything. Mm-hmm. 
No one. We had one parent in two years come to game. Wow. It was a gentleman named Chris Middleton. It was his dad, not the Chris Middleton in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It was a, a gentleman named Chris Middleton, his dad. Nobody came. He was the only one that I mean, came to the game. Senior night, oh, my. At senior night, at the time we were dating, my wife, my wife now, she won out with the seniors. Wow. Now, but Coach, with with everything that's been going on in our society the last couple of years, are are you thankful and appreciative for that opportunity to be in that place at that time to yeah. to learn some of the lessons you learned? I wouldn't trade it for anything mm-hmm. because it taught me respect. It taught me determination. If you coach, it, you know, those players at Aaron's were, there was not a sense of entitlement among anybody because no one there had anything. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no entitlement. <laughs> you couldn't have any entitlement. <laughs> Nobody had anything. Yeah. I'll never forget the principal, and he since passed away, his name was Byron Bell. He would give me a, a stack of eight, nine, ten coupons. Mm-hmm. It would be like for a precious big boy, a fry, and, and a and a milkshake yeah to use as an incentive to a young man academically or you know athletically or somebody just he needed to go talk to somebody Mm -hmm. you would have thought he was giving me you know a hundred dollars safe yeah but but it was i wouldn't trade those two years i'm still in contact with those players and just to give everybody a reference point this was 1978 to 80 Wow. Wow. What a, what a start to your career. It was. And then I became the JV coach. They closed Aaron. So I went from the most segregated school economically in the city. Uh And when they closed it, nobody even turned a hair. They didn't even have an uproar. A lot lot of people, a lot of people probably didn't even know they closed the school. (laughs) No, they didn't care. Yeah. And then I was the JV coach at Ballard High School, Mm -hmm. which at that time, economically was the most powerful, well-off economic school in the city of Louisville. And now I go from the worst to the best. Mm -hmm. And again, it it was an incredible learning. I still in contact with those players. Um, While I was the JV coach, one of those players, Doug Olson, who was, his dad was one of my mentors in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son's name is Doug, and he's named after Doug Oak. Okay. So, you know, this journey, and then I became a graduate assistant at Louisville, and I coached at VCU, and then back to Ballard as a head coach. Okay. So you went went to Louisville, then VCU for a year, then you came back to Ballard, and you were the head coach, and you, you coached two guys that are just amazing players in Wheaton, Houston, and yeah. – and what what were those years like as a high school coach in well, the city of Louisville? I'm going to answer it like this. Uh, four years, September 23rd, coming up. Um, I had the 1988 Kentucky State Champions to my house on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. At this time, now they're 45 years old. Yeah. And that was one of the greatest things I've ever done as a basketball coach. Having all those guys back and having them over to your house. Well, it's ironic. On Wednesday night, 
Eric Gasright was our starting center, and all he did was set strings, rebound, and draw charges. He he never shot. He never scored. Uh huh. He, he called me on a Wednesday night to coach all the fellas. We we need a favor. I said, sure. What do you need? He whatever you want. <laughs> and he, I thought he's going to request something to eat or something. He said, coach, no girlfriends, no wives. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> I said, hey. He goes, coach. None of them went to Ballard. They'll want to leave at nine o'clock. Yeah, coach, you you got to be the bad guy. You got to send out a, a an email on this chain and tell them, you know, things have changed. Your schedule's busy. No girlfriends, no wives. <laughs> and I argue with him. I'm not going with this argument. I give in. My wife jumps all over me. She goes, "We're going to look terrible. What are you doing?" Uh-huh. They left my house at two forty-five a.m. Oh my. But what a night. What a night. Well, here's why. Alan Houston, NBA All-Pro, mm-hmm. NBA Executive Vice President with the New York Knicks right now, yeah. has earned north of $700 million. Mm-hmm. Eric Catwright, this, this gentleman I mentioned, has worked at GE Appliance Park here on an assembly line 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, middle school principal. High school head varsity basketball coach at Brabant. Todd hired up in the state of Indiana. Yeah, I know Todd. Played yep. Todd played for me at Ballard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you name uh, one, one, two of the players. They were brothers. Took over their their dad's masonry business. So, so we 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 spanned every level yeah. economically, but on that night, nothing mattered. Just a, just a bunch of guys that, that love the game and played together. You're my teammate. Yeah. I gave on each a DVD, and this was before YouTube was so powerful, mm-hmm. with the radio broadcast of the state championship game laid on top of the of the, the game film. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought I gave them a – I mean, I gave each one. I had a copy made for each one of them. And it, it was unbelievable. Now, in the last probably 12, 14 months, I'm making constant videos or writing letters. They're all turning 50. <laughs> now you're sending out so bir- birthday cards. Well, their kids are having these prizes for them. They say, well, you make a video. And, yeah. You know, we, yeah. It, but those years, again, were 10 of the greatest years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yes, they were phenomenal basketball players. But they were unbelievable young men because I had players from the housing projects in Louisville. Mm-hmm. I had pops. I had players from economically the, the, the best subdivisions in Louisville. But but the game of basketball brought them all together. Brought them all together. Had, and still brings guard. them together. Well, I had a point guard. He was the 17th of 17. Oh, my. Now, this is unbelievable. I was, in a, I was doing a blood drive, donating to the Red Cross. Uh-huh. And came in as I completed and said, I need to speak to you. Are you okay? I said, well, yeah, I'm just finishing. So I really need to speak to you. And Mark Bell, his father had passed away, and they wanted me to come. Mm-hmm. My class. And this is where the story goes, wow. Think of it. He's the 17th mm. of 17 children. His 
sister's three sons, his three nephews, robbed the tea. Oh, my. <laughs> Just do the math. Yeah. So I got them all out of class, and I took them all home. And I, I think that just tells you. Um, and to this day, they come to Bellarmine games. Uh, mm-hmm. They reach out with all kinds of memories. They reach out with questions. And, uh, you know, we get a big win. I, I, I get, you know, I get a text, hey, man, Coach, I was watching it. Uh, incredible, incredible young men because they truly embrace making high school for the greatest years of their life. And, and Coach, so you, you have this tremendous run at Ballard. You coach some great kids. You work with some great people. And then you make this jump to Bellarmine. What, was that something that you had envisioned, that you wanted to get into the college game? And how, well, did, no, I, how I, did that come about? Well, my first move was to Louisville. Oh, that's right. That's right. To go back on, on staff with uh, Coach Crum and, and then Coach Patino. Coach Crum's last five years, Coach Crum's or Coach Patino's first four. Mm-hmm. So how did so, that how did that work out? You know, you you going like, back to be those guys' assistants. You're coaching under two Hall of Fame coaches. Mm-hmm. But it was so insightful because they both believe the game should be played the exact same way mm-hmm. from a Mental standpoint, they did, but they taught it 180 degrees different. Mm-hmm. So Trouble's a math major, very analytic. You know, you shoot at this 45 degree angle, you use this backboard, you do this, you do that. Mm-hmm. Coach Patino, this incredibly high motored, high strung Italian, went 9,000 miles an hour. <laughs> So the greatest lesson that was taught is there's more than one way to be successful. Uh-huh. But in the end of the day, you have to be who you are. Mm-hmm. I can't be Ricardino. I cannot be Denny Crum. But, it, you know, I wouldn't trade it again for anybody. I was the first assistant Coach Patino ever kept from a previous staff. Um, you know, Coach Crum's, you know, retirement, what was not easy, mm-hmm. but the greatest lesson that I learned, no matter what happens, Hall of Fame head coach, Hall of Fame head coach, put the players first. You will never, ever, ever go wrong when you put the players first. Mm-hmm. And and that's the number one priority in, in my life as a coach. Mm-hmm. And I think you do a tremendous job of that. And one of the things that I've always been impressed with your teams and, and your philosophy are, are two things, and I want to touch on both of them and ask you if, if you got this from Coach Crum, Coach Patino. I hear you talk often about pressing offensively. What, where, where did that come from, Coach? That came from Scott Desport. <laughs> well, what happened? Both coaches, Steve and they're two of the greatest pressing defensive coaches in the history of the game. Absolutely. And, and, it was, and it was all based on one thing. If I speed you up, you'll mm-hmm. make mistakes. Yes. Well, we don't have the athleticism to press mm-hmm. on defense. Yes. But we can we can create incredible ball movement by passing. Mm-hmm. And if we speed the defense up, they'll make mistakes too. So it's the same philosophy that both coaches have that if you speed someone up, they'll make mistakes. Except we don't do it defensively. We do it offensively. And in this day and age, the year 2022, uh, these kids would rather 
you know, these yeah, I call kids, these young men would rather press offensively with a ball in their hand and passing and cutting and diving than they would just dog and guard somebody 94 feet for 40 minutes, please. Mm-hmm. And, and to it's do, a fun and, way to coach. Yeah. It's a fun way to teach. Yes. And, and, you know, and you talk, when I hear you talk about things at clinics and, and we've talked before, you put such a high premium on the ability to pass. And, and I it's think a, that's it's a long uh, Yes, I, I could not agree more. And, and it's so important to be able to play efficiently the way you guys play to work on your passing. What percentage? Well, I'm going to give your students. Can I give out homework in this class? Absolutely. You go ahead. Okay. Go to YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you 11 minutes and change. And, and YouTube, the team that doesn't dribble. This is a gentleman from the East Coast named George Ferber. He is a basketball analytic nut. Mm-hmm. I could gracefully call him a nerd, but he is a nut. And he breaks down our offensive analytics from a passing standpoint and compares them to the NBA with mm-hmm. a 48-minute game versus 40 and yeah. 24-second shot clock versus a 30. Mm-hmm. It, it speaks for itself. I think everybody will love watching. The team that doesn't dribble, it's on YouTube. Yeah. And just for the record, it's it's about 1.8 million views right now. I would not know this gentleman if he walked in my office. <laughs> isn't, that, he, isn't that the great thing about technology? I mean, it, no, he found us. Yeah. I get this random email. Uh huh. This is this story's too good. He said, uh, "Coach, when you get this email, if you could click and watch the attachment." And call me. And I'm like, is this spam? What is it? Yeah, yeah. I click on it. I start watching it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I call him. And there you go. And one point, almost 1.8 million views later, here we are. I've watched it. I'm one of those 1.8 million. I I was intrigued (laughs) when I first heard about it. And I watched it. It's it's a phenomenal job by him. And like you talk about the, the analytic side of things that he did with it. What what percentage of your practice time would you say that you work on passing? Well, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm going to say this very, very humble in this state. Mm-hmm. If Coach Crum and Coach Patino came to watch practice today, mm-hmm. and actually could starting practice off like this today, I, I, they're two. They're two classy individuals. They're two nice. So they would never say that. Yeah. But in my heart, they would get in their car and they would laugh at me. <laughs> so they would say, "I can't believe that he runs those drills." Mm-hmm. But it works for us. And the very first lesson you ever learn in coaching is there's more than one way to be successful, mm-hmm. period. And could, could, not agree, could not agree anymore. I'll tell you one of the things I heard you say at a clinic one time that has stuck with me because I always heard as a player, you know, come meet the pass, come meet the pass. I hear Run you the say, ball into your hands. Yes, run through the ball, <laughs> run it to your hands. Right. And I love it. Well, thank you. Yep. I appreciate it. No, I, I you love know, it. I, you mentioned those. I grew up going to those clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and and it's kind of funny. Uh, it is funny. I I was at a clinic my second year as a coach, mm-hmm. and the legendary John Wooden, you know, eleven straight NCAA, won eleven out of twelve NCAA championships, was presenting at the clinic. Yes, and I waited. And then he asked me to move out to the lobby because he didn't want to interfere with the next presenter. Mm-hmm. And and I was kind of laughing. He said, young man, is there anything else you, you need? And I had him sign a, a page out of the, the tablet that they give you to write on. Uh-huh. And he wrote, a, he wrote a note to my JV basketball team at Aaron's High School. I still have it to this day. That is so cool. But so see, cool. he was so giving. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, that a John Wooden had time for a JV coach from Aaron's. That's why when these clinics you mentioned, uh, the Zoom calls, et cetera, I probably enjoy them more than anybody. Mm-hmm. I do because I know what what a coach Wooden did for a, for a JV coach from Aaron's. Absolutely. Uh, coach, one of the things that, that I also admire about your program, outside of the way you play, about the way you go about your business, is the schedule that you guys have played since becoming a Division One program? What in the world are you thinking? <laughs> All right, you want a scoop? You want a scoop? Does everybody want a scoop? Hi. <laughs> right. Yeah. Last year, you guys play uh, UCLA out in Vegas. You go on that West Coast trip. You play Gonzaga, St. Mary's. This year, you got. I for, I forgot about opening the season with a cupcake in West Lafayette playing Purdue. Played West Virginia this year. You got Clemson, Duke, Loyola Marymount, Kentucky. You know, I, I know that there's a financial side to that. I know that it prepares your guys, but my gosh, coach, <laughs> you play the toughest schedule. I think for any small college team in the country. Well, coach, let me say this to you: that last year we were the first team in the history of college basketball to play preseason number one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Duke, Gonzaga, UCLA in the month of November. Okay? Oh, I know. So I'm going to give you a scoop. We're not going to let this out until next week. Okay. But I, I'm going to give you a scoop. Right. I'm ready for it. We will be the first team in the history of college basketball to play at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Mm-hmm. At Holly Pavilion and at Rupp Arena. And we're doing that in nine days. In nine days. That's incredible. It's been done before. Mm-hmm. It was done in 333 days over two years. Mm-hmm. In other words, it was done like in December of one year and then early November of the next, or mm-hmm. January or February of one year and then November, December of the next. I got we're you. We're doing it. So I have research. Mm-hmm. We're doing it in nine days. That is absolutely incredible, and, and but our players deserve that. Yes, Th- that was the next thing that I was going to say, Coach. Is obviously you're you're coaching one of one of my former players, and we'll talk about Kurt a little bit more here in a, in a, a little bit. But that's one of the things that that Kurt and I talked about in the recruiting process was the opportunity that he was going to have coming to Bellarmine and playing that schedule. I mean, the stuff that he's been able to do. And not even he's just been there a year, is incredible. It's the stuff that that you talk about over a lifetime, um, and, and you talk about how the players deserve that. Well, you know, coach, 
and you go again how, how you learn. Um, I, I say often about about my upbringing, and you started this conversation about my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Well, if a young man from that neighborhood that I grew up in loses his dad at nine, mother a superstar, it, it, all through public school, if that guy can do what I've done, maybe what if one kid says, man, look what he did. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's talk about Kurt. Mm-hmm. Kurt has earned this right and, and to, to come from Montgomery, Indiana, small school, mm-hmm. and, and playing in, in Mackey Arena, mm-hmm. playing in Las Vegas, you know, to play at Gonzaga against Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. That was his second start ever as a college player. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, to credit him and you, he's not even the same player right now on the 7th of September that he was September 7th a year ago. Absolutely. And that starts at home. Mm-hmm. That starts in his schooling. And I've coached amazing, amazing young men. He is incredible. He is incredible. We had a test this morning, a three-minute run. Mm -hmm. It is grueling. He blew it out of the water. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's one of the things that I loved about coaching that young man is, you know, you you come from a small school and you go through the things that that he – went through that led him here. And a lot of people from the outside probably thought this kid's a prima donna. That kid was the hardest working kid that I've ever been around in my entire life. We got 23 rebounds in a state championship game. Let's just say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You you know, though, and I talked about entitlement. Mm -hmm. Kurt called me at 830 on a Monday night. His signing period started at 8 o'clock on Wednesday. And I've never heard a young man more polite, more courteous, more appreciative, and more excited about telling me he was going to sign on that Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. And this was through COVID. I mean, this was in a very, very, very difficult time. Yes. And, and everything that he gained right now, it's because he's earned it. Mm-hmm. But how many young people are going to get hope and draw hope and inspiration from Kurt Holt? A lot. Yeah. They should. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you talk about that recruiting process, and obviously he was recruited by a lot of different schools. And, you know, I, I have a really good friend uh, that's an assistant coach at University of Virginia, Kyle Getter, really good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. He worked camp for me at U of L forever. And, and I, I, I called Kyle, and, and I said, Kyle, I said, here's where we're at. And, and Coach, I think this is a huge testament to you and to your program and everybody there and everything you've accomplished. But I called Kyle and I said, Kyle, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. And he said, Josh, he said, I would, I would typically advise this kid to bet on himself through his senior year. But he said, I'm going to tell you right now, if I had a son and he had a chance to go play for Scott Davenport at Bellarmine, I would do it in a heartbeat. 
And so I, I got off the phone with Kyle and I called his mom and dad and I said, listen, I've got all the respect in the world for Coach Davenport and what he's done there. I said, but whenever Kyle told me that on the phone, I said, we got to get this done. And, uh, you know, and, and, and again, I don't want to say that I influenced it, but that conversation, and it goes back to what you said, it's being good to people like you talked about Kyle working those camps at UofL. When you're good to people coming up through this business, and we do have a lot of assistant coaches, young assistant coaches that listen into this podcast, and that's one of the things I tell them all the time is make where you're at the big time, no matter what job it is, and treat people the right way. And if you do that, it's going to come back to you. And I'm so glad that, that Kurt is playing for you guys and he's had the opportunities well, that he's had sir. down there. Oh, you're the biggest stake in the <laughs> hey, I'm gonna take you up on that. Uh, I keep you got it. Head stakeout, you got it. I'm paying. I I I uh, keep talking to Bo. I'm I'm trying to find a time to get down there. I was gonna try to get down this week, and you guys got workouts on Thursday and you got practice on Friday. But before we went on the air, you and I started talking about the turkey trot, and I can't get out of town because the turkey trot. <laughs> well, you are welcome here anytime. No, absolutely anytime. Kurt, he would love that. But it's, it, you know, again, there's a lot. The first lesson is there's more than one way to be successful, but mm-hmm. it works for us. But, you know, let me let me say this without going any further. Last March 8th, we won the A-Sun Conference Tournament Championship. Mm-hmm. Year two, Division one. Year one, we played on the last Saturday for the conference regular season championship. Mm-hmm. So March 8th, we won it. But I, I want it to be perfectly clear. I'm more proud on May the 7th. We had five seniors obtain eight degrees. That is amazing. Three, two, um, two MBA, two masters in business administration, mm-hmm. a master's in education, and five bachelor's degrees on May the 8th, May that, the 7th. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. Coach, I want to go back to that moment. Um, I, I, we, we got bounced out of the tournament this last year in the sectional championship, so – that next week, I wasn't feeling too good. You know how that is. You've, you've been down that road before. Uh, oh, yeah. But I got to come watch you guys win that conference championship and then got to go down and talk with uh, Kurt on the floor when that game was over. What was that like for you, winning that conference championship in Louisville uh, at Freedom Hall, where, where you'd spent so much time as an assistant, and now it's become your home, um, play all your home games there, and winning it there in the city of Louisville. What what was that moment well, like? First of all, as we're doing this, it's September the 7th. Today, in 1956, Freedom Hall was open. 1956. It was open on today. Okay. In 1956. So it's happy birthday, Freedom Hall. Oh, we've <laughs> there, already had a birthday. There you go. Um, to answer your question, my biggest thrill in coaching, and I call them emotional paychecks because mm-hmm. they never show up in a bank. But the great thing is you can cash them a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Is in those moments, you get as far removed as you can and watch the players who you've pushed so hard, but you support them so much. Well, that was my plan. Coach uh, Mincy of uh, Jacksonville, who our staff voted unanimously as coach of the year in the eighth son, tremendous, tremendous coach. Mm-hmm. I went down, shook his hand, and for the first time in my life, Ballard State Championship, National Championship of Bellarmine, 
know, going to Final Fours, I had I they stormed the court. Uh huh. And I could I could not see the players. Yeah. So I, I lost my my thrill <laughs> until they stormed the far end and, and they got up on the ladder and I got to the other end and I could see them then come above the crowd to cut the nets down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's where times change. I mean, they are I'm emotional, they're emotional. The fan of people that were on the court were high school kids, elementary kids, to people older than me and stormed the court. <laughs> I know. Uh, Obviously, the development student body did. Yeah. Well, next thing you know, I've got one grandchild, and she, at that time, she was three. Mm-hmm. And all she wanted was a piece of the net. Yeah. I'm not making this up. Friday night, she spent the night at our house, and she was talking about where her net is in her room at home. That's so cool. She's almost she'll be she'll be four in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So it, it 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 touches everyone. But what's powerful about it, and we should all learn this, when everybody wants the same thing, mm-hmm. they're willing to do whatever it takes to achieve it. That could be a family. It could be a team, a class. Um, it could be our our country. Then, then that's very, very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. That's what I was most proud of. Yeah, that that was an amazing moment, and I remember I remember driving home that night and and talking about that. And then my wife and I, my son, played an AAU tournament down there in Louisville, um, probably about a month ago, and we had some games at Ballard and saw your stuff up on the wall. And Jamie and I talk about that a lot about. How cool that is that you've been able to spend your entire career, well, mostly your entire career there in Louisville. Wow. Luckiest Co- coach who's ever coached any sport, any level. No, no I, 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 that's not far from the truth, Coach. I want to, I want to, I want to shift gears to something that you've done that I think is absolutely amazing with your Davenport uh, Scholarship Foundation uh, for your student managers. And I want to talk about a young man from just down the road uh, from Lagodi, Sheldon Christmas, that manages for you guys. Talk about that scholarship and, and just talk about your managers and, and how big of a part Sheldon is of what you guys do. Well, you sure you wouldn't rather me talk about how Sheldon talks trash to Kurt and Kurt talks trash to him? <laughs> I'm sure there's some of that going on. Uh, probably every practice. I mean, I have to referee that all the time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, full credit. My son, Doug, who will be the next head coach of Bellamy, mm-hmm. uh, who played here, lives just a few blocks away, mm-hmm. called me in his office one day and said, Dad, I've got an idea. And I thought, it's about practice. Yeah. Yeah, what's going on? And he said, Dad, said, we need, you You should, you and Mom should start a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it. I said, Doug, do you know what it costs to go to Bellamy? You lost your mind? <laughs> he, said, no. he said, no, Dad, we should, you, you should start a scholarship for our manager. Mm-hmm. Well, the idea was born. We got the development office involved so that we, we followed all the proper uh, protocols. Mm-hmm. And we had a fundraiser Wednesday before the Kentucky Derby that that raised just right at $140,000. Oh, my. And I had coaches, Mike Bray at Notre Dame, Jay Billis of ESPN. Uh, I had people contribute to this. 
but but they were all very consistent. And they said, you know, Coach, you've done some amazing things. This is going to be the greatest thing you've ever done as a coach. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a reference point. The Jefferson County Public Schools here in Louisville, there's 100,000 students. Mm-hmm. And, and roughly, it's between 90 and 100,000 students, mm-hmm. K through 12. There's over 16,000 employees. The superintendent of schools here is a gentleman named Dr. Marty Polio. Okay. I worked for his dad at VCU. I've known Marty since he was in high school. And, Coach, I don't think you're aware of this, and I know your students are not. You want to guess Marty Polio's background as an undergraduate student? I'm not even going to be willing to gamble, Coach, uh, on that. When you said that name, it struck a chord, and I I thought, that's a name that you work for at VCU. But I, I would hate to guess what his background is as an undergrad. He was Coach Bob Knight manager at IU. Oh, okay. Okay. It, it, talk about it coming full circle. So the day that we announced the scholarship, portfolio addressed the media. Mm-hmm. How about that? That is so, so cool. So it doesn't just have to be about Kurt Holt. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about Justin Beth mm-hmm. or, or, or Sam DeFault. It, it can be about everybody. And go back to what I told you, the one the one thing, if you put the players first, well, our managers are no different than our players. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Christmas will already be the next graduate assistant here next year upon his graduation issue. As I speak right now, he's student teaching down the street at Atherton mm-hmm. High School. Yeah, and he's going to be one heck of a coach. He's he's Absolutely. going to be great. And, yeah. you know, to yeah. one, of the, one of the people that we've had on this podcast and is a good friend of mine is Dusty May. Um, you know, at Florida Atlantic, and and he was a manager for Coach Knight. And right. you pick up, you hear these guys talk about how much they can pick up, not by just playing for really good coaches and being around really good assistant coaches, but also the managers. And so, I, I hats off to you and your wife uh, for for doing that. Um, well, now we have created a monster. They now are named themselves VMA Bellman Managers Association. <laughs> <laughs> now they're forming a union against you. Oh <laughs> uh, no, coach! That was that's actually the next thing that that I wanted to talk about. You and your wife, and, and one of the things that I get asked a lot, and I'm not very good at this, but I get asked a lot by young coaches about the balance of taking care of things at home, being a good husband, being a great dad and also being a really good basketball coach. What are some tips that you can give uh, coaches to, to keep that balance? Boy, I don't, I, I, you know, Josh, nobody asked me that. I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> it, it, you know, and, and to add to it, um, in my son's early years, I took the, the job at Ballard. Mm-hmm. Russ was two. Uh, Doug was born on the day of a big rivalry game that morning on a scheduled C-section on December the 11th. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget, we're, we're in a sold-out gym. We're the rival team. It's Ballard and Trinity. And I'm so ready. We, Alan Houston's on the team. He's got a turned ankle. He's not even dressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, we had a baby boy that morning at, at 8 o'clock in the morning. Now I'm coaching a game. And, and in the huddle, I'm never, and I still have it. It's in my basement. It's preserved. And 
I'll never forget my assistant coach grabbing my arm saying, Coach, Coach, and he kept trying to get me out of the huddle. And I'm about ready to destroy him, like, leave me alone. <laughs> and I turned, and the cheerleaders had fouled, had, had created a, a, a sign that was more than half the length of the court, mm-hmm. a banner. Mm-hmm. And it said, congratulations, Coach D. And they said, it's a boy. But they had the boy crossed out, and they wrote in, it's a man. Welcome, Doug. 24 inches, 11 pounds, 15 ounces. Uh-huh. And everybody in this sold-out gym laughing. Yeah. And I'm trying to coach this rivalry game. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but it, 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 you know, it, it is balanced. Uh, it's very difficult, but we have included them in anything. I know this on December 23rd, um, 1997, mm-hmm. we beat North Carolina in a very late ESPN game. It was almost now Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and the, everybody stormed the court in Freedom Hall. Yeah. We beat North Carolina. And I'll never forget racing and finding Doug because he was a ball boy and I was afraid he was going to get trampled. Yeah. But we went up the ramp that night. Russ and Doug were fine and it was a it was a celebration. Mm-hmm. And I was overcome with emotion. And we had an assistant coach at Little Silver Throne. If something happened at home, why are you so emotional? We just won. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never forget uh, I, I couldn't keep it together. Yeah, I lost it, and he kept saying, "Come on, man, talk to me. What, what has happened to you?" Well, it was in a way it's sad, but that win was going to guarantee we had a great Christmas because we won against North Carolina on national TV. Yeah. So my wife deserves so much credit. But the next morning we got up and we went to the mall, and she goes, "What are you doing? You never shop. What are you doing?" We went to Cinnabon and bought a whole box of Cinnabon. And ever since that day, on Christmas Eve morning, we go to buy Cinnabon. Go to, go to get Cinnabon. That's become the Davenport family tradition on Christmas. We're at and it's the same. We walk there, and I've never seen in the past. And I'm there. I'll coach your last opera. her favorite player that is so great well coach I, I, we could sit here and we could talk hoops all day long but i know you're a busy guy and you've given us so much time i've got two quick questions for you um actually i'm gonna ask you three um we normally do a quick speed round but i'm just gonna go through these pretty quick your your least favorite chore around the house your wife has you do something around the house what's your least favorite thing to do Emptying the dishwasher. Emptying the dishwasher. You know what? When we ask a lot of coaches that, that that's a similar answer that we get from a lot of coaches. Um, I hate it. 
Because yeah. if I had my way, I would just wash the plates, put them in the sink, and use them the next day. <laughs> or, or you could be like the Thompson household, and we just use paper plates unless somebody comes over. Oh, I like that even better. <laughs> okay, you, you mentioned a steakhouse in, in uh, Louisville. But if I'm coming to Louisville, I'm going to watch a Bellarmine game this year. What's, what's your pick as far as a restaurant I should go to in Louisville? Pat Steakhouse. All right. I'm going to have to hit that up. It's and, been rehearsal dinners. It's been celebrations. Um, uh, you name it, it's happened there. Uh, my, I first went to, and this is this will hit home with you all, but a graduate assistant at the University of Louisville in 1985. Mm-hmm. We won the first game of the year, which was Saturday afternoon after Thanksgiving. And the coaches said, we want you to meet us at Pat Steakhouse. And I'm like, no, we can't do that. We don't have money. I'm a GA. My wife's teaching elementary school. They go, no, 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 it's our treat. And we've beaten Indiana and Coach Knight that day. In, oh, my. In and that's where I, that was the first time I ever went to Pat. So talk, about, talk about celebration. Coach, I'm going to ask you this. Your players may use this against you, but Coach Davenport is chilling in the office. What is your favorite music or artist to listen to? Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney, all right, all right. I love Kenny Chesney. No question. Yeah. Um, no question. Coach, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, Coach, again, we appreciate all the time that you've given us today. Uh, I want you to have a great practice. I want you to have a great year. Best of luck to you, to Kurt, to Sheldon, and and all the Knights this year. I'm gonna get down there and watch you guys practice, work out, <laughs> and I'm gonna get to some games this year. Everybody following this is welcome here anytime, especially you. Absolutely. Coach, thank you again, and um, all the best to you and your family. You bet. Everybody stay healthy. All right. Thanks, Coach. Take care. Because this is this is one question, and it's been a lot of fun, but I, I have to ask you this, and I'll go back and edit this, or the kids will edit this and put it back in. I got to ask you about the NCAA rule that keeps you out of the tournament. I know, well, I know that that you, um, you and your staff have worked diligently to try to get that rule changed. Your president has. Would you explain to me and explain to all the listeners what is the spirit of that rule? Because a lot of times I can, I can understand a rule. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can understand the spirit behind the rule. What, what is the spirit behind the rule? Well, we asked the NCAA that when they were here for a site visit on May the 5th. Mm-hmm. And the quote, and we asked, what do we say to our players, to our families, to recruit their families, mm-hmm. to coaches, to alumni, bat former players, boosters? And they looked at us and I said, I don't have an answer. <laughs> oh, it they just. They came from the history of life. Yeah, it just, At I don't morning know. morning of tonight, it consumed my life. I'm not going to stop. Mm-hmm. You say, well, Coach, you know, why don't you stop? Well, if we're down five points with three and a half minutes to go, do you think our players are going to quit on me? Amen to that. And like then you what said. Would I be and, what would I be teaching if I quit? Absolutely. And, Bob Huggins and, in West Virginia. Matt Painter has been the greatest supporter we could ever have in this process. That's awesome. They're both on the board of the National Association of Basketball Coaches. The governor of the state of Kentucky is involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senator John or Congressman John Yarmouth. Uh, I'm not stopping mm-hmm. uh, because 
we did sign up for this mm-hmm. for a four-year wait. But in the last two years, nothing is the same in college athletics. Amen to that. Amen to that. Players no. are going to the players are going to their third school in a row. Yeah, and they're never missing a possession because <laughs> they changed the rule. Why don't you change it for my players? Yeah, who who are doing things the right way? I volunteer yeah. out of my pocket. Not one penny of dollar. I will pay flight, hotel, pet steak. I'll pay it all. Mm-hmm. If they will come with my players in the aisle like I do every single day and mm-hmm. explain to them. I have asked them, and they refuse to come. Yeah. Well, a great example of that. We have a young lady from Bar Reeve that's playing uh, uh, Division One volleyball now at the University of Southern Indiana because they made that transition. And right. and. and I was talking to a guy today, and I said, you know, if they win their conference tournament, why are they prohibited from going to the NCAA? You know, what's what's the spirit behind it? And it, it, it uh, I just, I'm aggravated for you, um, you know. And, and the other thing is you've got people like Jay Billis, people that really understand things. And, and you talk about Jay Billis, he understands things from a legal aspect. I mean, it's not just his opinion as a basketball player and no, it, and. and he understands it at the at the nth degree, and well, I'm not going to stop. Yeah, it makes no sense, and I I appreciate you and and you know you going after this coach and wish you but well, nothing. Well, and nothing that was but the so. very first thing I said. That's an example of putting the players first. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. We thank Coach Davenport for being on with us today, especially making time right before practice. That was. Some great stuff as Coach chucked it from the cheap seats. As he said, he's always been chucking it from the cheap seats growing up in Louisville and being a Louisville native. Could not be more happier for that man. Could not be more blessed to call him a friend and a fellow coach. Thank you, Coach Davenport. Next week, we stay in the southeastern part of the state. Yeah, we count Louisville as part of Indiana. But anyway, we stay in the southeast part of the state. We talk to Jimmy Shannon, the head coach of the New Albany Bulldogs. Join us here next week. And until then, keep chucking it from the cheap seats. Chucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com.